Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio 2.0, where we embrace the uncomfortable conversations that are connected to our purpose. Transformation Radio 2.0.
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Transformation Radio 2.0. That's right, Transformation Radio 2.0, where we embrace the uncomfortable conversations that are connected to our purpose. My name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose. Now, listen, I have an amazing guest on tonight, but like I always like to do before I get to our guest, there's a little ground rules I like to lay out for our listening audience. Now, you watch the show, well, not watch the show, listen to the show, then you already know that I open up the phone lines throughout the entire conversation. And the reason is, is because I want each and every one of you to be a part of the conversation as well. So if a question arises or you want to call in and give a comment that's on topic, you are welcome to do so, all right? However, I have to limit everyone's call to one minute, one minute. And the reason is we want to give our guests enough time to share their wonderful stories, all right? So, and also we want to give other callers the opportunity to call in as well. So don't take it personal if I hang up on you. Just try calling back again and understand that if you hit that minute mark again, that I'm going to have to hang up on you for the sake of time, okay? Also, number two, that was number one. Number two, when you call in, I want you to remember that this platform is a place where we invite people with divergent backgrounds, divergent belief systems, and divergent walks of life. Therefore, you are not going to agree with everything that our guests say, and you're not going to agree with everything that I say, and that's okay. However, we must learn to disagree from a place of respect. So when you call in, keep that in mind. It is okay to disagree, but you must be respectful at all times, okay? Now, here's the call-in number. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. All right? So the intro song was a little long tonight, but I wanted you guys to remember that it, nothing else matters except the fact that he knows your name and he's holding your hand. Regardless of what you're going through in life right now, understand that you are able not just to overcome it, but to come out of it with a testimony greater than the testimony that you have right now because he's holding your hand, all right? So now let's get to our guest on tonight. Now, I normally do not read bios, okay? But when our guest sent in his bio, the creativity behind the bio, like I wish y'all could see the handwriting, or not the handwriting, but the, the font in the bio. So I'm going to read his bio on tonight, okay? Soul apostle, artist who sings, sacrifice, I like that one, philosopher, house of men creative director, Culture innovator, the enthusiast, I like that, uh, a friend, a man literally chasing after God's heart, and he goes by the name of Dalvin Eugene Reese. Dalvin, welcome to the show, sir. What's going on, man? How are you? Man, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, man. 
Listen, thank you for being on the show. I already know that people are going to leave here empowered and ready to face whatever obstacle they're facing because of this very conversation. Wow. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So I always like to start with a light question, all right? Okay. Um, Just, you know, the little icebreaker. So I've been asking all of our guests this same question because it kind of gives me, like, I feel like it helps me understand our guests a little more as well. So here's the question. If you had one superpower, what superpower would it be and why? (laughs) Oh, wow. And it's so interesting. This question was asked me probably about, three to six months ago and I'm really trying to remember my answer because it was such a good one and now I can't <laughs> um, let's see um, it would probably be to feel people's pain yeah mm. um, and the reason why uh, well to feel the pain and then and of course and invertedly be able to um, in some way I guess heal it solve it um, and the why of that is because I think what I've realized in this culture is that it's so many hurting people, you know what I mean, including myself, and yeah. that's what that whole soul work thing is about, um, that people are working through stuff. But then you have the group that's not working at all just because they're not aware, they don't know how to fight, they don't feel like they have the tools to do so. Um, so I would want to be that person that could kind of feel it and instantly be able to give one word or whatever the case may be, uh, give something that would alleviate that pain or instantly relieve it, if if, if I could say it like that. <laughs> That's great. That's great because everybody that answers always answers in a manner of technically what they were created to do or what it is that they're yeah. doing at the moment. So yeah. that's why I want to yeah. always like to hear everybody's answer. So now let's talk about the soul work because you just took yeah. it. You went a, a way a little further than I wanted to go, but we're gonna go right there. Um, okay. You you uh, what stuck out to me? A lot of things stuck out on your bio. First of all, I love a simple bio. Like <laughs> it's 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 so much power in a simple bio. Like instead of it being two and three pages, I can respect that, but I don't like to read all of that. So I like right. the simplicity of it. But yet, even in the simplicity, it was just stacked with so much. Can you explain to us what a, what a soul apostle is? So uh, look, I guess I need to back up because there, my legal okay. name is Delvin Eugene White. Um, Reese came to me, okay. as many things do nowadays. Um, actually, it's been coming to me like okay. this. Um, for years now, since I was a child, uh, now it makes sense, though. Okay. Um, but certain things would appear to me, be it names, be it numbers, whatever the case may be. And then I would normally um, research the word if I didn't, had never heard of the word, whatever the case is. Um, and what I found is, and I tell people all the time, my favorite book is the dictionary because I think it's just so powerful when you understand words. And then how we yes. merge them and connect them is even a more powerful thing. So for me, um, what I realized was was that one, um, the name Reese, and when I looked that up, I looked up R E E S E, but then immediately I saw R H Y S, and that name means the enthusiast. Um, and the time mm. the timing of when that came about was very um, 
it, it was kind of a, a, a mild mark for me, like where I was. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's where the Reese thing came from. And so the whole thing with my last name being white, I'm not ashamed of my last name, have a great family on my, my father's side, um, love all of them. But I knew that this, when I heard that name, that it was time for me to embrace an, another assignment. With that being said, going into the soul apostle, the very same thing happened to me. Um, because, again, although I knew there was some type of um, godly assignment on my life, I've always felt that um, from a very young age. Um, I never knew what it was. And for some reason, I never seemed to fit in the church dynamic. Um, and if I did, I would have to play to the rules or play to the game, and I was never willing to do that um, after a period of time. Or well, let me say this, after a period of time, that would be noticed, and normally I was excavated. <laughs> Uh, so with that being said, uh, coming to Soul Apostle, my main goal with that, I knew that there was an apostolic anointing on my life because all of my life I've always been very organized, very um, systematic in thought, but particularly when it came to um, people and the effects of people and the affects of people and the heart of people, I've always been very, very concerned, of that, concerned about that. So when God spoke to me, Soul Apostle, in, in simplicity, Without being deep about it at all, it is really just someone that is concerned about the souls and hearts of men um, and willing to be that sacrifice that no matter where I have to go, whatever I have to do, if I have to snatch a soul out of the, uh, the, the, under the power, from under the power of the enemy or our adversary, if you will, then I'm willing to do that. So that's the long version of a very short intro. <laughs> No, that that's good. That's good. Now, uh -huh. now you talked about going and snatching souls, and how yeah. you didn't really fit into. Uh, I'm just putting it in paraphrasing what you're saying yeah, into, yeah, yeah. you know, quote unquote church culture. Okay, yeah. was there a struggle there for you with that transition, um, from like? Um, the, Yes and no, because I think, um, you know, okay. the last moment that I realized that there was a major transition that needed to take place was when I was leaving. Well, I wasn't leaving, but this situation prompted me to leave Tallahassee, Florida, where I had served many years um, there as executive assistant to my pastor. And that uh, relationship became very um, stressed, if you will, if I could say it like that in short. And I knew then that it was time for me to go. I did not know where I was going. And I knew it was time for me to move on. But then I also realized in that moment, too, that I did not fit that culture. I was of it. I was, was mm -hmm. groomed in it. My mother and father raised me in it, which is great, and it was my foundation. But I realized that I just didn't fit. Um, and nothing against the culture, but I realized over time that in some ways, because on both ends, on one end I did not fit church culture, but I clearly did not fit. Uh, what we would call the world culture. So I mm -hmm. was some kind of way through rejection and all of that nestled very safely in um, the in-between. And that's what I eventually found out now being a man of a particular age, as I like to say, 40 years old. Now I realize that all of that transpired very intentionally to maneuver me in the, in the middle where I would be able to understand the culture of the church, but also be... Um, able to be reached by the world culture, if that makes any sense. Makes a lot of sense. Now, yep. now let's say now you, you, you've 
transplanted yourself out of the church culture. So now mm-hmm. how do you bring forth the ministry or, or the work that you're doing? Because I, I see, um, you know, looking at your post and uh, hearing you speak, the creativity is like crazy. Um, mm, how did you, you create the culture for people to feel safe enough to come and be able to begin uh, that soul work? Yeah, so that I think that's the process that I'm in now. And one of the things in the scriptures okay. that are, that has revolutionized my life is in your patience possess, gain hold uh, of, get the riches of your soul. And for me, uh, my greatest weapon has become that of patience. Um, and mm-hmm. although my and, and 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 if I could say it like this, it has been a tug of war because I don't necessarily see my creativity as creativity as as people view it from the outside. I see it very much mm-hmm. as I'm doing what I'm created to do. So I'm still baffled to this day right. if anyone acknowledges anything I do as creative um, because it, I I don't see it that way. I just see it it is an acting out of what I was created to do. Um, so with that. Um, being creative, um, but also having this, um, again, I'm, I'm a church boy, so having this, yeah. uh, what's the word, um, having this chain to your leg called patience, um, that is mm-hmm. what has allowed me to groom the culture um, and hopefully has created a notion that I am safe and that this is someone that has been very, very consistent over now the past 10 years that I've been building this, uh, the house of men, uh, motivate, educate, nurture, and discover. Um, time is what I believe is going to really allow people to be able to turn and say, you know what? I trust this because he's been focused on the same goal since 10 years ago or seven years ago, whenever social media was introduced and I was able to introduce this on a major platform. So, um, I don't know if that answered your question. I feel like I kind of got off. <laughs> no, you good. It, it answered my question. Okay. You definitely answered my okay, question. Cool, now, cool. let's cool, talk cool. about that right there. You said that you've been yep. been doing it, you you know, consistently for ten years. Now, how do you, with, with the challenges that are presented, and I'm sure that some people um, have looked at it and said, "What in the world is he doing?" You know, yeah, this absolutely. ain't God. You. You, yep. you know all of the things that embody that. Absolutely. What keeps you going? What is it that, that has made you put your hand to the plow, you know, if we're going to use some biblical terms, and not look back as it relates to the men project? Yeah, I, I, I know nothing else. Sorry. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. nothing else. And, of course, yeah, uh, just to catch everyone up, it started off as the men project, and now that name yeah. makes so much sense to me uh, because it was more of a testing. Um, and then immediately while Men Project was thriving in Atlanta, Georgia, all of a sudden Holy Spirit spoke to me, move, leave. Um, can I trust wow. you to give this up? And at that time, everything was thriving. I think that's why I met you. I traveled there to uh, Delaware and spoke at yes. the church that you yes. were at at the time. Um, and it was thriving. Yes. Everybody was kind of coming to know who I was, the little dark-skinned guy with the blonde hair, like who is this guy, and then all of a sudden right. tattoos and all of this, so it kind of created this ruffling, and all of a sudden I disappeared. Um, and, of course, the notion with that was that, yeah, I just disappeared, but it was very strategic, although I didn't know what was happening. 
um, it was more so as if God was saying to me, like, it's time for me to, I wanted to test your heart to see if you would obey, but now I want to test your heart just as much to see if you will sacrifice it and lay it down Mm. for what is to come. And I did not know that that would open up the next three, four years of another testing and trying of me Um, personally, um, emotionally, (laughs) physically, uh, in every area of my life. Um, And for me, it has been a constant yes. Um, And again, I am so passionate about the hearts of people that at this point I have no other option but to obey. Um, and if I don't obey, um, in my mind, in my conviction, um, life is not going to be good for me. <laughs> so um, that's my passion. <laughs> that's what pushes me. Because, again, a lot of things are being revealed to me day by day. Um, and there are a lot of things, as I said earlier, my creativity, I could go out and make it happen because my position has always been, particularly when I was serving in ministry, was to make someone else's, else's vision come to pass. So I've had training and making things work. I've had training in strategically putting things together where it connects to the hearts of men. Um, but now having to work through having a gifting and having creativity, but also having to wait on God, that has been the greatest challenge mm-hmm. of my life. Um, but at the same time, I understand that is where I find riches. And that is where if I would have introduced mm-hmm. a lot of what God has shown me over the course of the three years, if I would have introduced it then, it would have been premature for now. Um, and so now it right. makes sense to me that waiting is, is one of the most powerful things that we have. Um, but in a society that's teaching run, 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 do it, grind, do this, put your name up, your face, your face, this, the culture of sacrifice is something that we do not understand. Therefore, we do not understand or we don't get to experience the power of sacrifice. Um, mm-hmm. which is resurrection, which is times three, <laughs> which is multiplication. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's that. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay. So now let's let's talk this now because you said something um, that I think really needs to be heard because I know that there has been times in my walk in in my life where I've just been at that space where I knew I could make it happen. How do mm-hmm. you? How did you get to the place where? Because you said that you know you could make it happen, but a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff is basically being downloaded to you on a daily basis. So you're yep. experiencing this faith walk, this real, real, you know, mm-hmm. faith walk. Now, what do you say yep. to some of the younger individuals that are out there that, you know, God is starting to to download some things to them, and they're excited, they're ready to run with it, but they just don't understand, you know, that there's a timing to it, and he may be revealing it to you right now for, you know, it to work on you versus it working on everybody else at first. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be very honest, and this is probably going to come off a little brash, but it's the truth, and this is the way I have to swallow it, is that at the end of the day – particularly as it relates to ministry, if, there's, if there is a true passion to impact the lives of people, um, there can be no ego. Um, and I, what I notice mm-hmm. and I'm noticing is that what social media and those type of platforms, although good, 
if you understand balance and moderation, but they're also bad if you are, if you are a person that is lonely, that is seeking attention, and someone that needs yeah. validation. It is a detrimental yeah. tool and something that is designed to kill you and to kill us and to drive us out. So for me, one of the things that I'm constantly checking and I encourage people to check is ego. You cannot be used of God. You mm-hmm. cannot fully uh, be empowered by the unadulterated power of God unless you are constantly challenging your ego. And I have to be honest, it is a very hard thing to do um, Absolutely. because, you know, we are, again, in a culture where everything is about me, 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 you, 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 do me, do me, do me. But it is the, the kingdom of God is absolutely totally it's the total opposite. It is asking for us to give, 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 give with no proof that anything is going to be given back. But no proof, but a promise. Um, so I encourage people to wait, to plan. Mm-hmm. If you do not have all the tools, it's not, it's not time yet. Um, and what I've been learning, particularly living now in New York, uh, what New York has taught me is that every step, no matter where you are, wherever you're walking, wherever you're going, you just, you, you just don't know who you may bump into as a relate to an intentional moment with another key that you need for what's next. Um, so patience. And now I understand why the scripture says narrow is the way, but wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Um, but few find life on the narrow way. And I understand why, because most people cannot wait. Mm. And what would it say? Okay. What would it say? You know, a prime example: Jesus waits now what thirty? We have thirty years only to be yeah. used for three. I think many of us will struggle yeah. with that if we knew that from the beginning. Um, that I was born and lived forty years, but I was only used for two. For many of us, ego would drive us crazy to know that we spent that much time to make that much impact in two years, um, and that concerns me. <laughs> that that really really concerns me. That we're not that, concerned about so impact. Right we're concerned there. about influence. Yeah. Right. That yeah. that what you just said right there um, is so true because it's like now we have a culture where okay I'm gonna put it together for three months yeah. <laughs> and think I'm gonna yeah. have a lasting impact you know throughout my entire life. Yeah. Wow, so okay. we, what most people are looking, the culture is teaching us to look for triggers, not to look for, as I said, impact. It is we want people right. to we want to keep creating little small things or little things that's going to grab attention, and whatever's going to grab the most attention, that's what we're going to run with. Instead of being governed by purpose, and governed by timing, and governed by patience. And again, that concerns me because now what I, what we're seeing is people being driven out of purpose because they want a name. They're being driven out of purpose because they want notoriety. They're being driven out of purpose because they cannot wait on God for his ultimate goal. Again, Jesus, 30 years, I'm sure he had many questions. Many times he was like, well, God, I don't understand. And many people probably walking up to him and saying, you're the one, you're the one, but he knows that it ain't time yet. Um, But only to find out that now I got three years to do what you called me to do. That is, again, a grace, and it is not only a grace, but it is something that is uh, only a select few will be willing, if we be honest, will be willing to make that kind of sacrifice. 
Um, because, again, most people are driven by the majority of what culture is doing, and that's detrimental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you, you hit a, a word that I was going to uh, <laughs> go to next, and, and I want to hit purpose. Let's talk about purpose because I think that that seems to be like the fad now. Like yeah. everybody yeah. wants to um, – and, and I was talking to a young man the other day, and I was explaining to him. He was asking me, like, how do you discover your purpose? And when I get that question a lot. But my my response is always, why do you want to know? What is what is yeah. the what is the point of you knowing? What what is what do yeah. you want to do with it? Now I want to hear. I always get everybody's opinion about this. Mm-hmm. Discovering one's purpose. What is your philosophy on discovering one's purpose? Uh, it's very simple. That I believe people discover. I, I believe all of us discover purpose in anguish and pain. Um, and that mm. which uh, burdens you is what you're called to. Um, so for me, um, House of Mend is built on, uh, and as you heard me say earlier, I was shifted in kind of the middle of the world culture and the church culture. So the House of mm. Mend, it is literally a house um, that I'm building the concept of it um, where there is leadership, parent, there is fellowship, there are people that are adapting to one message and that particular message is love and that message is love works and that the noun that means that it has to work through active participants um so for me um that purpose was birthed out of again rejection that purpose was birthed out of um pain and people not understanding who i was when i was (laughs) um and and then so then that that pain then developed a burden where I didn't want to see people go through the same thing. So now go back to church culture, world culture. What do we see? You either have a group of people that have never experienced the church, or you have a, a group right. of uh, particularly in the black culture. You have a group that that's all they know is church. But what we are finding right. now is we have a group that is merging in the middle from the world that has a desire and a hunger for God but don't know how to get there and don't want to be confined to the boxes. But then you have a group that has grew up in the box and they're sick of the box. And who's going right. to catch those people? So that's where the house of men comes in. Um, and again, the burden, the purpose, because they're going to be people that are going to be ejected from their particular groups because now they're seeking for something deeper that was in the box that was created for them, be it world culture or church. And so the house of men is for people that are seeking or something um, that they have not seen before, but they feel it in their soul. And the first way of that and the first uh, or the way of passage to that is, one, acknowledging your journey and acknowledging all, be it good, bad, or indifferent, all of the intentional things that have transpired in your life to propel you into purpose, be it pain, joy, or sorrow. Um, and that's what soul work is all about. We're making um, and encouraging, not making, but excuse me, encouraging people to accept their entire journey for what it is. And if it was painful, accept it. If it was joyful, accept it. But also working through the story of it because the scripture declares that all things work together for the good for them that are called according 
and I like to insert this, and are working in tangent, in tandem to the purpose for which they've, yeah. called, they've been called for. If you have answered the call of purpose, everything that has happened in your life is working for good, even when it felt bad for two years or three years. It, it's going to work if you are submitted to purpose. So now you you talked about embracing. Yeah, you, you you're hitting us heavy, and I'm enjoying it. But you talked about embracing the totality of one's story. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and that's what you know where my heart really is is I I find that a lot of people are running from portions of their story. Yeah. Now. Why do you believe that a lot of people run from portions of their story? Well, I think simply fear, of course. Um, but mm-hmm. then I think the part that we do not talk about, it is a subtle intimidation as well that I think keeps many, many people away. Um, and, again, I think that intimidation is driven by culture, um, whatever culture right. that people are grown, that, you know, that they have grew up in. Um, so for me uh, – it, it is it is imperative, and I'm always saying, and it's something that um, anybody that asks, I, I say and share about myself, that I'm constantly, and I think that's the burden of the gift that God has given me. I'm constantly checking myself, constantly, you know, working through and going through my soul and looking for darkness. And, you know, like I'm just, I'm constantly doing it. Um, and then, two, what I've also realized is that you cannot be used of God if you don't understand your darkness. Uh, and I think many of us have been taught to embrace our light. But if you do not understand your darkness, you cannot manage ego. Um, and that's one of the things that um, you can not, not only manage, you cannot conquer ego if you don't un- understand the depth of your darkness. Um, and when you do that, when you see darkness starting to arise, you know what to do. Um, because you understand your realm, you understand your space. You know what I mean. Um, so I think that's 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 very very important for all of us. That if you're going to embrace purpose, uh, and if you're going to embrace what many people are running around saying, "I'm free, I'm free, I'm free," but you cannot be free unless you met darkness. You can't. You, uh, can't. <laughs> you just can't. You can't. Uh, and darkness, in in many cases. And I know this may upset the church culture, but in many cases, darkness is not going to disappear. This is why one of particular scripture talks about pick up your bed and walk. There are some things you're going to have to carry right. as a reminder to ego, sit down. Right. I right. want to use right. them, God. I got to be used. I got to uh, touch these, this particular person. I got to be able to feel this particular person. And you cannot do that authentically with ego in place. You can't do it. So my constant thing right now it has not been a desire for any type of platform. It has been the crucifixion. It has been the intentional beating down of ego and making certain that um, this, what has been built in the flesh, does not get the glory, but that God gets all the glory and all of my frailty and all of my vulnerability. So, yeah, it is very important that you own your story, every bit of it, understand why it has happened. Search and dig, as I say, anytime there's pain, it is an indication to me that it's time to dig on the treasure of my soul to find why did this happen? Who was sent to do this? 
and what was the intention and what was the treasure for me to grab from this particular incident so that I can move to the next phase of my life and have a tool to conquer that space. That's good. Now I want to talk about, um, you talked about love works, love works. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, um, in the church culture and people that watch the show know I'm not bashing anybody or anything, but love is thrown around a lot in the culture. Um, Yeah. And a lot of things are done under under the umbrella of I did it in love. I did it in love. Yeah. What does yeah. love actually look like when when you know what is love in its manifested form? I know we can't explain all of what love is, yeah. but for those that are out there yeah. that are struggling that that hate to hear that word love because. That love represents control. It yeah. represents bondage to them. Yeah. What is love actually? Well, I think, you know, again, and I, I want to be very clear about this, is that I understand, I believe that all of us have been born into a path. So for me, I was born into the path of Christianity. Um, that's what my parents right. were raised in. Um, and that's the path that I came to know the fundaments of God. All right. Absolutely. Um, I think now at a certain point, then we grow into a space where now we have to find God for ourselves. So I think that's where the diverseness of God in his totality comes from, is that all of us on a mm-hmm. personal journey of trying to find who God is. Right. So for me, um, my basis, my path being Christianity, the only thing that I can reference is a very emphatic part of Scripture that says love is patient. Love is kind. Yes. It does not envy. It yes. does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not mm-hmm. delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, mm-hmm. always preserves. Love never fails. It cannot lose strength. It's transformative power. It keeps working. It makes chaos Still, yet its power is reckless. It works now. So sacrifice, not perfection, has become all that's required. And this is something that I post on almost everything that I post, and I believe that wholeheartedly. So anything that is not in the confines of that, because I think it's very explicitly clear what love is. If we do not see these attributes in any particular relationship, it is not love. And I think that's the honesty that we have to own many times is that, yo, this ain't it. Now, my concern with culture is is that most times when we say that this is not it, our first response is to run. And that Mm -hmm. is where I believe we have lost. We have lost the battle. We've lost. Because I think there are many, many times, again, I believe everything in our journey is very, very intentional. And there are many, many times that we are being placed into particular relationships with people, be it family, be it love interest, be it whatever, and they are not there to necessarily to administer love as much as we were sent to give it. 
And if we do not understand assignment and we do not understand purpose, we will, again, rise in ego and look at, oh, this is being done to me. I can't believe this. I ain't putting up with this yet and da-da-da. And we walk off from an opportunity to find something that is most powerful in our soul. In your patience, possess the riches of your soul. And this is even applicable to that conversation called love. It is. Um, because now, particularly right. in, again, a culture where people are, have went through so much trauma, um, you've got social media mm-hmm. feeding a lot of our perspectives. Any type of relationship that's going to flourish, if you're not going to be able to walk in any of these attributes and all of them, we're going to be just jumping around from next person to next to next to next until they reveal <laughs> themselves because none of us know yeah. how to walk in patience and to walk out the conversation and the conviction. Not only the word, but it is a conviction called love. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I was listening to what you were saying about, you know, the our first instinct is the run and it, it kind of parallels I was I always tell people that I feel like social media has, you know, um helped some of our dysfunction because if oh, yeah. somebody disagrees with us. And I'm not talking yeah. about the extreme measures of it. There are sometimes you do have to delete and block some people. But yeah. as soon as somebody disagrees with you, your first mm-hmm. instinct is to delete and block them and then post a status about yeah. them. It, you know, and, and I was telling somebody the reason why a lot, of, a lot of people do that is because that's what we've done in life. You know, yeah. and I, I've yeah. been there before, you know, in my younger years, i that's for you make me mad or upset me, I ran. You know, yeah. instead of having to sit there and deal with it, whether I ran emotionally, whether I ran physically or spiritually, I picked up and ran. So, yeah, I like how you. But hit we that are point a culture because, being. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, we are a culture that has been taught to discard people. We've been taught to do mm-hmm. that. Um, And that's so unfortunate because what interests me most is that we have very, very imperfect people, um, including myself, who now have become judges of people that are very much like us, imperfect. Um, And again, we don't have tolerance to be patient with someone else, but then we want someone else to be patient with us. It is a double standard like I've never seen before. Um, And uh, it, it is a disheartening thing because again, all you keep it is a it is a it is a it is a double tongue because on one end you got everybody wanting love, but then you got everybody single because nobody can endure anything. <laughs> um, it, no, nobody, oh God. You, you, we just can't, and it, it, it is it is breaking my heart because, and I grieve this often. Um, like mm-hmm. every day, I feel the pangs of this because what I understand is that we've missed the tool. We've missed the ingredient. And the scripture was very intentional when it started off and said, love is patient. One period exclamation point. Um, And if you can't pass that alone, single will be your portion. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or fuck boy and fuck girl. I mean, and that seems to be the the most popular thing now, but it, it is, that is designed to rob you in itself. Um, Right, because anything that you cannot lend yourself to completely is going to definitely rob you if you went in there to take for personal gain. 
That's a whole nother conversation. But that's a, that's, love is listen. love is yeah, love is it is it is the most powerful force that, that is known to man. Um, and I believe, again, it is very, very clear on how to achieve that. The attributes of love, are very, it's very, very clear. Um, and, again, me being a black gay man, love has nothing to do with any of those dynamics that I just listed in that black gay man. Um, love right. has everything to do with, has everything and all things to do with the condition of the soul and right. the type of, and, and, and the willingness to submit to one, patience to submit to mm-hmm. kindness and that is again most of us aren't prepared to do that we don't want to do that and the truth of the matter is that most of us don't even know what that is but here's the deal and this yeah. is what I talk about oftentimes the power of convergence is that what I believe God is doing now is that he's opening up a door where he's converging people calling them from left right east west south north Yes. Converging people that understand the power of love That are willing to walk it out with people That don't even know what it is Have never seen it And if both persons can sit still We're going to see the miraculous power of God Not only in one person's life But both Because they were able mm-hmm. to again Walk out this very simple thing Love All of this gay conversation in church all of this conversation about anything beyond love is really obsolete. It's really mm. obsolete because as much as we've put so much into all of these other conversations, we've put little effort into managing and activating love in our physical body. And if we would focus wow. on that and put these classes to the side, we would see mm. the miraculous overnight. These tutorials and all of these conferences and all this. Let, let's just let's just read through this and check ourselves, and then apply where we fell off. And I guarantee you, we we will see a, a total different world, a total different church overnight, if we were intentional about that one assignment, which is why Jesus came. So now, you 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 hit it. Why he why Jesus came? Okay, right. How did we get away from that? Ego. And I think mm. it is, it is, and, and this may really blow some people, I don't think Jesus gave a hot who Annie if we called his name or not. His objective was to right. show you the way, and the way was sacrifice. Right. I don't need, I don't care if you mm. call my name or pull the blood or plead it or not, I want you to walk out the attribute of my presence, which is love. You don't have to understand it. I need you to just do it. And that's how we got away from it because we injected all of our, well, you know, maybe he was probably saying this. No, this is what he said to do. Do that. (laughs) Period. All this other stuff that you're trying to understand and interject to make yourself comfortable because you prejudice, you need to deal with that in your soul. But his objective was that everybody felt the power and love of God even unto sacrifice and even to giving up one's life. There are many opportunities that I believe God has put in us in that he's asking you to give up yourself, to give up of your comfort so that someone else could feel the power of God. And many of us don't want to do that because we have our Gucci cars, apartments, house, and our comfort, and we don't want to give it up. And again, I repeat, wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction. 
but narrow is the way that leadeth to life. And few there be that find it because there are very few that want to pay the cost to walk in what he commissioned us to do and gave us all the power to do if we manage these little emotions of ours. So you, you've been hitting this word um, sacrifice mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's really like a, a, a uh, I guess you would say a cuss word. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, what, as it relates to everything else, you know, that's like one of them how how do we convey the message of sacrifice to a people that um that haven't really embraced that uh do you want me to sugarcoat it or you want me to just say no it? no no i told i already told you how i want it <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, in that case, um, we cannot sugarcoat it. And again, um, right. sacrifice is what it is. You may be cut, you may be pruned, you may be nope. burned, but at the end of the yep. day, there's something that's going to come of it. Um, and, wh- and here's the yeah. part that gets me is that we cannot dodge life in general. We cannot dodge uh, right. what life is going to bring, but it is an unfortunate thing to me to think um, just as a person of human thought, that you will go through something but won't take the time to understand the intentionality of it so that you can be effective in your sphere of influence where God has called you to. Um, but we would much rather take on the offense of what has happened to us, be it pain, transition, or whatever the case may be, and sit still in that instead of working all the way through the process to understand why did this happen and what is the promise of good that's going to come out of this. So I think a lot of times we look at sacrifice and understand, you know, when we look at it, particularly those that have grew up in Christendom, we look at you being thrown on something, burning up, you're going to die. But the flip side of that is beyond that, if we talk about tabernacle, becomes a, it's a whole other journey on the opposite side of sacrifice. Right. It's a it's a, a a total revolutionary type of life on the opposite side of sacrifice, and we've become so ingrained in I own this and this is mine, and even if it's something detrimental yeah. that we don't understand, if yeah. God is asking for it, He has something totally, 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 totally bigger on the opposite side. But again. You will never be able to see that with your natural eyes, particularly if you are a person uh, being controlled by the divisiveness and the detriment of ego. You'll never be able to do it. You will never be able to see anything beyond yourself. That's why we have a culture now, the scripture talks about it, that we will become a people that is, in, in, in blatant words, selfish and self-consumed. And that's what we're seeing, a narcissistic society fully consumed with self, right. traumatized by six years, by whatever happened when they were six years old, and now 40, yeah. but living emotionally as a six-year-old. That is probably Exactly. And that is because people do not want to do the soul work. And what soul work represented for me was the trauma that I felt and the things that I felt, the pain that I felt, I had to go back to that space, be it two years old, six yeah. years old, 
18 years old, 25, and do the work, sit in the pain, go through the sacrifice, go through the cutting to understand what is it and why did this happen in my life and what does it mean for my now? It redefined my entire life. Totally. I, I just think like so. Go ahead. Okay. I was just saying, I really think that you, you hit the nail on the head right there when you said, do the work. Do yeah. the yeah. work. There's no shortcut yeah. to it, there's mm-hmm. no easy way to it. The mm-hmm. work has mm-hmm. to be done in Absolutely. order, you know, for you to experience it. And sometimes. Absolutely. That's that is the key. Like that's the missing element. Like I don't understand why this is happening. Have you yep. committed yourself to the work? Yeah. And the, and the, the, here's the delusion of it all is that most of us, if you think about it, now we have the opportunity to comment and to converse about everybody but ourselves. Um, yeah. We get to you know scrutinize everybody's life but we do not have mm-hmm. the power, we do not have the maturity to go through our own shit and to right, right. really face the hard conversation. And that's what I want to mm-hmm. encourage people to do, that nothing nothing can happen on the opposite side of that but beauty. Nothing can happen on the opposite yeah. side of you facing what has happened to you. I don't care how painful it was. It was intentionally it, it, it intentionally happens for your good, but you got to dig for it. You got to dig for it. You've got to dig for it, and that's the work. I talk about Earth a lot, and I think that is the process of us living here on Earth because I don't believe Earth is really the big picture. I believe it is a very small, microscopic um, um, insert to our whole story. What's next, though, mm-hmm. I believe is going to be major. And however you formulate and posture your soul here on earth is the way you're going to live in the next days to come. And this is why I, wanna, I want to, and I, and I believe God has really shown me that emphatically, that if we do not deal with the purity of our soul and sanctify our soul here, what is coming next, we will live. There will be many of us that will have, not me, but there are going to be some uh, that testify that literally it feels like a hell. Mm. Feels like a, a burning hell because mm-hmm. now my conscience and everything about me, my soul is seared because I lived so carelessly here in this earth realm where I, it was here for me to practice. It was here for me to feel. It was here for me to evoke. It was here for me to embrace. But I ended up doing the opposite. I became consumed with myself. And that's why it's important to do the work. You know, exactly. it's really that simple. Like to really value the space and the time that has been invested in us and the opportunity that's been invested in us. When we really begin to value it, it won't, we, nobody have to motivate us externally to do yeah. the work. We'll just be compelled to do the work. Listen, we're about to go off the air, but we're going to continue the conversation a little a little bit. Those that are listening to the live, when the replay posts, you'll be able to hear the conversation that we have off the air. Listen, thank you all for joining us on tonight. Thank you, Delvin, for being here. Thank you for sharing what My you pleasure, shared man. with us so far. 
And again, guys, as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Be blessed. All right, we're off the air right now. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit you with the three questions. Then I want you to give everybody your uh, information so they can connect with you on uh, social media and learn more about uh, the House of Men uh, and everything else that you have going on. Because I always encourage our listeners to support our guests that come on the show. All right? So I think the first question I usually ask, you already basically answered. I always ask, what advice would you give to someone who is attempting to, quote, unquote, find their purpose? But you answered that in the show. So I'm going to ask you another question first. What or who inspires you? Uh, You know, I think, to be very honest with you, it's, life in general. Um, I'm, I'm often inspired by just every little thing. And I think that's the beauty of uh, discovering freedom in your soul is that you become inspired from just walking down the street and seeing something painted on the wall. Um, so for me, um, I have just become inspired by everything around me. I've become so aware um, from the lady that, you know, on the subway to if I read something on the wall, I'm constantly looking. Uh, one of the big things for me here recently was I kept seeing like uh, feathers um, on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that just spoke to me as an omen. You know what I mean? Like, okay, God is with you. God is watching you. So I encourage people to pay attention to wake up. You know what I mean? We're so into our phones, but to really pay attention to everything around you uh, because it is sent to inspire the smallest words, the smallest sentences, the smallest gestures from people. Um, so for me, yeah, it's it's everything. The world has become my inspiration. I like that. Okay. Now, number two, here we like to recognize those who have made like an impact on our mm-hmm. lives uh, or, you know, in our lives. We call them transforming mm-hmm. transformers. Some people might call them mentors, spiritual leaders, or, you know, whatever it is they identify them as. Do you have anyone that you would like to acknowledge that has been that to you along your journey? Yeah, um, I'll have to say my mother. Um, the House of Men is, again, it is a pattern of the house in general, um, as all of us were you know, were raised to know a home, a safe home. Um, so that was cultivated by my mother and my father as well, uh, excuse me, okay. um, both of them created a safe home, you know, that my parents are still together today. Um, but we always felt safe. I always felt like I could come home and be safe. Um, and although we weren't perfect people, we had our stuff. Um, we're still doing all of our soul work. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, my family has been, and my mom particularly has been in a great example of leadership, but also responsibility and sacrifice. Um, so, yeah, she would be the top, and then my dad, you know, of course, second. Okay. <laughs> All right. No problem. Now, before I ask you the last question, there was something I didn't mm-hmm. get to ask you while we were live. There was a couple of things I didn't get to ask you, but I'm just going to ask you this one. Um, okay. I've seen, you know, on your post where you have implemented the music and the dance. How has oh, yeah. that been? How important is that? as a part of the soul work? How important is the music element of that? 
Oh, I believe it's very, very important. Um, again, I grew up in church culture, but my particular role was as a worship leader. Um, so I really never really talked much outside of leading worship. But what leading worship mm-hmm. taught me was um, the understanding of rhythm and how you can move people uh, emotionally, um, spiritually, right. from one place to the next if you are strategic and intentional. So one of the things that you're seeing now, one of the things that I realized, again, I don't know if it's because I'm a man of a particular age now, 40, but I started paying attention here in New York to house music culture, and I realized that it was a merger of all genres, that if you listen to it, you can hear country in there, you can hear church, you can hear jazz, you can hear so much. Um, But there's an event here in uh, New York that I went to, and it changed my life. It's called the Soul Summit. It happens during the summertime at Fort Greene Park. And there are hundreds and thousands of people out there in this big area. Everybody's just dancing, white, gay, straight, black, everything. And I noticed how people connected to rhythm. And I noticed when I left from that, that it literally, I felt lighter. I felt at peace. I felt joy. But then I also understood that there was a type of communication that was taking place in rhythm once I think to it um, and committed to it in whatever way I wanted to express, that it was kind of a lifting. Um, so for me, uh, what I'm understanding now and one of the, the ways that I'm moving the house of men is that we convene as it relates to rhythm first um, because I think many of us are having a hard time with the spoken word and who to trust, but we'll trust music and right. we'll trust rhythm right, right. and we'll trust vibe. So now I'm just my concern is building community around the things that still move us and the things that we can still feel from, because a lot of us are struggling, as I just said, with being able to feel people in their words now because of the offenses that we've lived through. So it's kind of a um, it's a strategic um, ploy to disengage people that are on the offensive. Right. Yeah, because I, I, I noticed, I mean, growing up in church, as, but also um, partying as well, I noticed that it, it kind of lets everybody, you become more relaxed. Yeah. You know, yeah. once you yeah. guys connect on that level. And that's why when I saw it, I was like, oh, that is, I like that. That's it right there. So that's why I wanted to ask you on the show, but we got talking about so much other stuff that I didn't get to, but yeah, I wanted cool. Address that too, um, as far as the music, because I believe that's going to be a major um, component with with all the new moves that are that are coming in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now and I think we have to be sensitive to that. Yep. Right. And right. and I think that um, you were talking about being sensitive to it, and I think we have mm-hmm. to be, like you said, sensitive and open to it as well. Like, um, yeah. one of the things that I tell people that are transitioning, they find themselves transitioning from uh, the traditional model of ministry is I explain to them, don't get caught up in trying to make it look like what you're leaving. Because sometimes yeah. we yeah. can subconsciously do that like, and yeah. not even realize yeah. that we're doing it. You yeah, because so, that's all we know. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, that, that that's I like that. Now, yeah. The last question that I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Who is God to you? Oh wow. Oh God. I, I 
God is life, but I think, you know, this is going to sound real corny, but it's the truth. God is love. And I think what I'm learning to find is to find God. I'm discovering God in situations that is demanding me to love. So a lot of times it's not the comfortable situations. It's not the, the things that feel so good. It's the times where I'm having to exert godly attributes. Um, where I end up describe when I end up waking up and being like, wow, like, wow, God, that's you, like, wow, <laughs> you know what I mean? So again, God is simply love, and anytime I'm able to apply that, or anytime He's requiring of me to use it, um, in this human body of mine, again, it's a sacrifice. But not only that, it's a privilege, you know, it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. So uh, He's and I always back. so. Go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so I always, um, it's very it, it's very simple for me now. Um, again, I, I understand where, how, the way I was raised and all of that, but now it's, it's that simple. God is love. How can I apply it? How can I also stay available to receive it, period, point blank? Um, and that has become my ambition to exert it every and in, in any space that I can. And hopefully I will reap what I've sown, <laughs> um, that I'll be able to walk into people the very same, you know, that's looking to do the same. Yeah, I, um, I always like to ask that question last because no guest has had the same exact answer. Yeah. But the expression of who he is is, like, so powerful and the reason yeah. why I do it is because I, I do it for our listening audience to understand that no matter how long we live, there are still dimensions of God yeah. that yeah. we won't, we don't even know yet. So that's yeah. why I always like to ask everybody, like, who is he to you personally? So uh, yeah. before you go, I do want you to give everybody your information so they can uh, follow you on your social media platforms and find out more about cool. everything that you have going on. Yeah. So um, my Instagram is father, F-A-T-H-E-R dot Reese, R-H-Y-S. Again, that's father dot Reese, R-H-Y-S. Instagram, I mean, Facebook, uh, Delvin Eugene Reese. And then you have right now, if you're in New York, um, on the 14th, we will be having an event called Fedoras and Soul, as he was talking about with the music. It's a house music soul party. Um, so you can okay. get more information about that by visiting www.fedorasandsoul.eventbrite.com. And that will be on December the 14th, this Saturday from 4 to 8 p.m. Um, and we'll be having events um, coming up in different cities and states um, as I'm doing a lot of different collaborations for that. So. Uh, just keep your ear open. Follow me uh, again on Instagram and Facebook and all of that. Uh, right now, I'm just very strategic about the voice of the house and um, the conviction of the house, the heart of the house. So that's why I post a lot of words and things like that, because I want people to understand what this safety looks like, feels like, sounds like. Um, and then there are things that are going to be rolled out and uh, in God's timing. And I'm totally patient and waiting on that. Yeah. Awesome. Now, I meant to ask you this before you gave your information. If there was one takeaway that you want to leave with everybody, if they forget everything else that was said on tonight, which I hope you don't because I want you guys to go back and listen to this more than one time, take your notes if you need to, 
Um, but if they forgot everything, what would be one thing that you would want them to take away from this interview? Uh, again, that phrase that I listed, that I, I shared, the, the scripture, the attributes of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. All of those, I encourage everybody to get that in your heart where it becomes something that you literally recite and it becomes an innate thing for you to be questioned and challenged uh, in that area. Because what I'm noticing is, and if I had more time, I would share it, what I'm noticing even in my personal relationships, there are a lot of relationships that I have that I'm living in right now um, that are not the most comfortable relationships, but it is birthing the light that I need to see the more of God. So I would encourage Mm. anybody and everybody to um, apply those attributes and the very thing that will be painful right now or maybe uncomfortable right now because requiring sacrifice, requiring you to shut up when you don't want to, requiring you to change (laughs) your approach. Um, I'm encouraging yeah. people to really commit to it because the power of love is the most powerful mm-hmm. force. It is more powerful than manipulation, and that's what we're dealing with now. A lot of people that have the power to manipulate because they're uh. too weak to commit to love. And if we can have some people that commit to love, it will bind the hands of the manipulator. And that's what I want people to understand, that love works, exclamation point. I don't care how it's proven on one end to feel like it's just painful but it, it works. It works. It works. Yeah, we're gonna have to have you back on so we can. I said we're gonna have to have you back on so that we can um, discuss that whole relationship thing too, because I think that's something that needs to be heard even more in detail. Yeah. As you said, if you had some of. Yeah, we're going to have to bring you back on to talk about that because I think that's Oh, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, that's a lot very, very in-depth. Yeah, and again, as I yeah, said, it's, we're in a society now that's being driven by this narcissistic thing. And and in the truth be told, when it comes to that narcissism thing is that, and I, and I said this to somebody recently, if I looked at my life and the things that I went through and the things that I internalized, I should be one. And so soul work is an intentional mm. journey to not be what 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 happened to me well let me rephrase right. it is to not be what these things were intended to make me into so every day i'm having to decide don't be selfish every day i'm having mm-hmm. to decide don't say that every day i'm having to decide don't boast every day i'm having to decide don't envy because it is a decision that i will not be that way and so many people are laying their life down like you know what I'm tired forget it whatever I'm just going to do me danger danger mm. I'm shutting up <laughs> <You're good. laughs> so again Devin thank you for joining us on tonight we appreciate everything that you poured out to us um, this was I don't really call this show interviews i call it conversations i call them purposeful conversations because i believe there's so much power in conversation i think that's a lost art sometimes um you know in in our culture today so thank you again for joining us on tonight thank you all for listening on tonight join us again this friday at 9 p.m for Transformation Radio and sitting down with Michael McMillan Jr. All right, it's going to be another amazing show. 
Uh, also, to stay up to date with everything we have going on the show, going on with the show, and with other things that I have going on, visit my website, www.clippingpettyjones.com. Also, be sure to connect with others on social media. All right, guys? And I will see you guys back on Friday. Remember, listen to the replay of this. There's so much that we said that can help us do this whole work that we need to do. Be blessed. Thank you, man.